It is absolutely a joy to be here and to see so many familiar faces and of course all of the new faces. I'm glad to meet you, glad to, to be here. Um, I want to thank uh, Pastor Brian for just trusting the God in me um, to just say, hey, yeah, no, I'm going to give you this mic and trust that what you say will be edifying, will be helpful, will be a blessing to the congregation. And I have that same trust and confidence in God. So I am praying that that's exactly what happens as we share together today. Um, I have to acknowledge a very special person here, and that's my dear friend, Jan, who um, I, I acknowledge her because I know we've all been going through this book on discovering your gifts and the fact that every one of us is a gift, right? Every one of us have been given gifts. And I just have to say that she is one of those in my life that I believe God gave as a very special gift, if not selfishly to me personally, <laughs> to everyone. And I, uh, I know we recently, many of you took the inventory that uh, is here in the book and um, that um, kind of told you what some of your strengths were. I call her in the body of Christ, not the eyes, not the arms, not the hand, I call her the sinew. I call her the, that t connective tissue. And anybody who knows anything about Jan knows that she will reach all the way across the globe and say, this piece goes with this piece. This piece needs to be here. This needs to be done. And she's been doing that in my life, and I thank God for her. So I just had to say that I know she's looking at me like, Pat, stop it. <laughs> but there's a lot of love there. And um, to, to all of you, Thank God uh, for you today. I want um, you to do an exercise with me. I want you to just take a moment and in your mind, I want you to picture that person that you can describe like a jam. Maybe it's not the same gift, but that person who has been a gift in your life or persons, they don't have to still be living, they can still be living or not, but just get that person or just a few people in your mind and say, wow, yeah, that teacher, wow, that fourth grade teacher, what a gift. Or that spouse or that person that I never met but I knew of their life like a Mother Teresa. It doesn't matter who. I want you to just think about who are the gifts in your life. Um, as you get those pictures in mind, I'll say again, as was shared earlier, that today we're talking about a particular person that was born a gift in the earth. And that used to be a negative phrase. I don't know if any of you heard somebody to say, oh, they act like they're God's gift to mankind, right? They are. <laughs> They actually are, we all are, and so that's okay. That's not a bad thing. So today we're talking about a particular person who was God's gift in a very special way, in the very special time that he was born. God chooses that, he's very careful, he's very intentional about where he puts us, how he puts us, who he puts us next to. And so this one is about Daniel. 
And today, it's my goal that we're going to cover three specific ways that Daniel used his gift. He was blessed to be a blessing. And we're going to talk about how he used those gifts in three specific critical ways. And then we're going to look at how every church can do the same. Okay? Because I believe every church can really equip. Okay? So I know Pastor Go uh, prayed already. I'd like to just take a moment with my God, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Let's pray. Father God, even as I stand today with your word in my mouth, with your word in my heart, I pray that you will do what you do always. You, your word says you open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living creature. I pray every person that's in this room, every person that will hear this online, every person that will hear this in the future will be blessed, Lord God, by what you are sharing to our hearts and to our minds and that we'll put these things in action knowing that these gifts are meant for a purpose. We thank and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. So I want to start with a little bit of a, a background on our lesson. Again, like I said, we're coming from Daniel. Our specific um, chapter is Daniel uh, chapter 3 verses 1 through 30. I found that odd, but I'll talk about that a little later. Um, but I want to give you some background on both Daniel the person and Daniel the book of the Bible, okay? So Daniel, uh, his name means God is my judge. And I thought that was awesome. That was awesome. How many know that the, God, the gifts that God gives us, he will ask an account of them. And if we all walk around as though our names were Daniel, we might walk around thinking God is my judge too. He's going to say, I know I gave you that. I know you had that ability. I know you had that, that, that uh, special talent. What did you do with it? We know he does that because he did that in the parable of the talents, right? He says, I know I gave you one. I know I gave you five. I know I gave you 10. And what did you do with it? So Daniel's name means God is my judge. And I hope that kind of uh, informed how he carried uh, his life uh, carried out his life in saying, I know I'm going to be accountable to God for the actions, for the things I do, the things I say, and the way I live out my giftedness. Daniel was one of four of what we call major prophets, okay? And by that, we're not saying that some were more important than others and others we are known as the minor prophets, but that usually is a reference to the amount that we have in terms of material about them, what was written about them. So Daniel was one of four, the other three being Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah. And um, it's kind of interesting, even though he was uh, considered a major prophet, did you know that he was never identified as a prophet in the Old Testament? I found that interesting. How many have a gift in here and you feel like nobody's ever identified it? Nobody's ever noticed that you were who you know you are. 
who God said in your heart, that's who you are. And nobody called you that. They just said, that's that woman. That's that man down the road. That's that whatever. Daniel operated in various roles in his life, but he was never in the Old Testament identified as a prophet. I'm thankful that in uh, the book of Matthew, tw chapter 24, verse 15, it is Jesus himself who identifies him as a prophet. He says um, in that particular verse, it's uh, where he's giving his Olivet Discourse, and he says, um, he makes a reference as was spoken by the prophet da uh, Daniel. So this is where we get that truth that Daniel was indeed a prophet. But his works also spoke for him. And we'll see that in the rest of the uh, book of Daniel. Daniel was born likely in Jerusalem around 623 or so uh, B.C. during the reign of King Jehoiakim. Um, this was during a time, of course, the, the nation of uh, Israel had already split and Jerusalem and Judah were uh, at the point of, in fact, um, he was one of the first groups to go into captivity, into Babylon. God had been pleading with his people, hey, turn around. You're going the wrong way. Straighten up. Fly right. All of that. And to no avail. And so uh, Daniel was with uh, that first group that went into um, um, Babylonian uh, captivity. Um. Daniel was given a Chaldean name after he got there. The name was Belteshazzar, which means Bel, protect the king. So in his place of captivity, he's not even going by his own name. He's not been identified by his own peers. And yet, you're going to see how his gifts speak for him beyond the name change. If you've ever been called outside of your name, that's not a good feeling, but let the light shine. Let the gift shine. It doesn't matter what people call you. It doesn't matter if you get a title. It doesn't matter if you, none of that matters, we'll see, through the life of Daniel. Daniel um, received various promotions um, during his um, time uh, during his lifetime, and I'm going to just read some of these. I don't have these on a slide, but I'm going to uh, give you the verses, and I hear that you're a Bible reading, Bible searching church, so I'll give you time. I'm going first to Daniel 2 and 48. If you just want to jot that down and go through it later, it says the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. That was one promotion. Another promotion, Daniel 5 and 11. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. And your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Daniel 5 and 29, then Belshazzar's, uh, at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple and a gold chain was placed around his neck and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Daniel 6 and 2, 
be writing those down. It pleased Darius to appoint uh, 120 satraps or satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with these three, with three administrators, administrators over them. Daniel was one of the three, one of whom was Daniel and the satraps were made accountable to him so that the king may not suffer loss. Why do I share all of these promotions? Uh, why do I share all of these success stories? Because the Bible says your gift will make room for you. Your gift will cause you to stand in, before greatness or before great people. And so we see that happen. But I also have to tell you, your, your gift may cost you. Your gift may cost you. Daniel also experienced challenges and adversity related to his gift. One of them was self-imposed. You may know that Daniel, early on in his captivity, decided, I'm not going to defile my body. I'm not going to live the culture of the world that I've been brought into. I'm going to live the culture of the kingdom. I'm going to live and represent the God that my fathers worshiped. And so he decided, I'm not going to eat the same, I'm not going to have the same diet. That cost him something for anybody who loves blueberry pie and cookies and all of that stuff. Yeah, that's a sacrifice. Another one, uh, the musician talked about already that Daniel was literally cast into a den full of hungry lions. They got all the good food, right? <laughs> he was cast into a den of hungry lions and left to die there um, for his stance for God. His gift put him in jeopardy in some ways. His life was threatened by the king whose dream he was ordered to reveal and interpret. And so I don't want to give the impression that because you are gifted, that means you're going to have this smooth sailing life. It just means that God has blessed you to be a blessing in the earth for purpose and for those around you. So we'll get uh, further into that. Um, so I told you we were going to go over three ways that Daniel was able to be a blessing um, with his gifts. The first one, and I made it easy, I'm one who loves alliteration. And so this will be easy to remember. I'll give you all three and then we'll break them down. But Daniel was a blessing to the familiar. He was a blessing to the familiar. Daniel was blessed to be a blessing to the foreign. And he was blessed to be a blessing to the future. Okay. We can keep all that in. We're going to break. We're going to go right into Daniel being a blessing to the familiar. So Daniel um, was a blessing to his friends. He was a blessing in his home country. He was a blessing to his family. He was of noble birth. He probably grew up in the palace. He was a blessing to those around him even before the captivity. And then he had these young friends 
uh, that we know so often as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but their original names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And he was a true friend and used his giftings to be a blessing to those familiar people in his life. Remember, I just talked a, a moment ago about how he made a decision. I'm not going to defile my body with this food. Well, Daniel was one of those people who would make a decision and take you along for the ride. <laughs> okay? Daniel said to the person that was put in charge of the captives, hey, I don't want to eat this, and my friends aren't either. <laughs> Anybody involuntarily put you on a diet? <laughs> he said, we're not going to do it, and he brought his friends along with that decision, and they stood together through there. He used that gifting of his discipline that gifting of his ability. In fact, I think I kind of skipped going over some of the gifts he had, but I want to name these because um, scriptures tell us that um, he had knowledge, he was quick to understand, he had ability to serve in the king's palace. Um, when the uh, Babylonian ruler, Nebuchadnezzar, was looking for people, he said, I want people that are apt to learn that we might teach the language of the Chaldeans and the literature of the Chaldeans. So he was looking for someone with very specific gifts, and Daniel had these gifts. And so Daniel goes, hey, I'm going to use these. I'm going to bless my friends. And sure enough, they received the blessing because after the 10-day test trial, if I could get a 10-day diet that would transform my life like that, I would be so happy. But after their 10-day test trial, they literally looked better, healthier, stronger than all of the others that were eating from the king's table. And so what did that do? Remember, your gift makes room for you. It promoted all four of them, all four of them. Daniel also had a unique gift. Sometimes we have gifts that are common, and sometimes we have unique gifts. Daniel 1 to 17 says, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge in, and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Daniel had something that the other three didn't have. But he's going to use this gift again to be a blessing to them. In fact, he uses this gift to not just be a blessing to the familiar, but also to be a blessing to the foreign. Let's see. I'm in Daniel. Um, um, let's see. I want to get um, Daniel chapter uh, 1. Verse 24, it says, Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed, to execute the wise men of Babylon and say to them, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for you. Those who may not be familiar with this, this occurrence, Daniel is in a really... He's in a pickle. This is one of those areas where his gift brought him into adversity. 
The king has had a dream, King Nebuchadnezzar. He's had a dream. He can't remember the dream. He turns to his tried and trusted astrologers, his diviners, his soothsayers, and says to them, tell me what my dream was and tell me what it meant. They've never had this kind of challenge before. They've never been asked to tell the king his dream. They always thought, give it to us and we'll do our spin on it. But this time they were in a fix and the king was so outraged saying, you've, you've been fooling me all this time. All of you are going to be executed, including Daniel and his friends, just because they were among the group. Daniel gathers his friends he says, hey, let's pray. Let's seek God. Let's ask him to reveal this dream. And guess what? God answers that prayer and he reveals the dream to not Azariah, not Hananiah, not Mishael, but to Daniel. But guess what Daniel does? He comes to the king and says, we'll, we'll interpret the dream for you. We'll give you an explanation. He takes his friends along with him. And this time, his friends are going to be part of the blessing to the foreign. Let me tell you, um, God expected them to, not, to bless not just the familiar. He expected them to bless these people who they were in captivity with. He told them back before the captivity, when you go into captivity, I want you to pray for their well-being. I want you to work toward their well-being because if they're blessed, you will be blessed too. We can learn a lot from that. We can learn a lot from that. He wanted it to go beyond that. And so Daniel interprets the king's dream. The king promotes him. And at Daniel's request, his friends are also promoted. Daniel, um, I'm going to read that 24 again. Daniel says to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to them, do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. And then the, the king answers, and he, after this is done, he is praising Daniel's God. The king, because of the blessing he received, because of the gift of these four young men, now the king is blessing Daniel's job. I'm reading in verse 8, and it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted... Oh, I might be ahead of myself. Hold on. Um, yep, I want to wait for that one. Sorry about that. That's okay. So... Daniel blesses the king. The king acknowledges God. And that becomes a change for a whole nation. That starts a change in the king's heart, right? But Daniel doesn't stop there. He doesn't just bless the familiar. He doesn't just bless the foreign. He 
is used to bless the future. So I want to go to uh, Daniel, um, let's see, Daniel chapter 3. Now, I said earlier, when I got the assignment from Pastor Brian that I would be talking about Daniel from chapter 3 and verses 1 through 30, I went home and I read that entire chapter. Did anybody find Daniel's name anywhere in there? I was like, did he give me the right chapter? I went to chapter five in the book on discovering your gifts. I'm like, okay. I called my friend Jan. I'm like, Jan, I'm in a, I'm in a bind. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. But as I prayed about it, I began to see Daniel had used his giftings in such a way to lay a foundation of blessings where he wouldn't even have to be present. In that chapter, we hear about his three friends who he had blessed earlier with his giftings. And there, his three friends are being challenged for their life. They're taking a stand. We're not going to bow down when we hear the music play. We're not going to bow down to your big idol. No matter what, you can kill us. You can throw us into the fiery furnace. We're not even hesitant to say we are not going to bow down. And so they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And God delivered them. You heard the testimony already. We sang about it this morning. Not a single hair on their head was singed. And a fourth man stood up. And we know that to be our Lord and Savior, right? So they passed their test, even though their friend Daniel wasn't like, okay, this is what we're going to do. He wasn't there to coach them along. He wasn't there. The Bible says he stayed back in the palace. And so Daniel became a blessing to the future, but I'm going to take it even a step further. If you read the book of Daniel in its entirety, Daniel begins to have these dreams and visions. Remember, that was his unique gift. The others didn't have this gift. And he began to have visions and dreams that are things that would happen in the future, that would happen in our day, that would happen even beyond our day. Daniel began to have those and he wrote them down and he shared them. And how many of us are blessed now to read the book of Daniel in our Bibles? He was a blessing to the future. So now I want to shift and talk about the church. When I say the church, I'm talking the body of Christ. I'm talking Center for Hope. I'm talking Faith Lutheran. I'm talking those people who are believers in Christ Jesus. We are also blessed to be a blessing. In fact, according to Pastor Don Everts, we are able to equip in some of the same ways that Daniel did. As a church... We're good at blessing the familiar. 
We are good at blessing those that we feel most comfortable. And sometimes we take that to the degree of blessing our cliques even within the familiar. We're like, these are my friends. When I get to church on Sunday morning, this is my circle. This is my group. This is, and that's who I'm going to be a blessing to. They're going to see my light. They're going to see my giftings. They're going to see my service. And then sometimes we take that beyond and we become a gift to others familiar to us, the church at large. When I came in this morning, oh my goodness, as uh, Pastor Brian commented, there were so many people who were saying, yes, I'll put my services at use. I'll, I'll, I'll help set up. I'll help get things ready for the service. And they were using their gifts to be a blessing to the larger body, right? But God didn't want us to stop there. We've always, as a church, been on a mission. You heard me earlier saying I've, I've been called to mission, but the church has always been called to missions. We've always been called to share our giftings beyond the walls of the church, beyond our familiar, to what's foreign to us. I love that the first, one of the first ones that were blessed by Daniel's gift were astrologers, soothsayers, diviners. I mean, Really? These are the ones when you think about in your mind, what are those foreign to your culture, foreign to your habits, foreign to your world? Who are they in this community? Your gifts are for them. Your gifts are for them. And then, yes, the church is called to be a gift to the future. I want to read um, in, I'm trying to skip for time's sake, so give me just a moment. I'm, I'm going to get us fast forwarded a little bit. I want to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. And I so appreciate the one that's back there working the slides with me because I have hopped all over the place and you know it, right? <laughs> But thank you. Every church can equip the community. Matthew 5 and 18, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I've begun to use that verse for the new ministry God called me to, Light Global Missions. Because I believe that's what's missing. We're supposed to shine our lights, not just in our familiar settings, but to others. In the book, Pastor Don Everts talks about unleashing others to use their gifts. It says, moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon while Daniel himself stayed in the royal palace. Sometimes we have to say, go forth, go and do. Let your gift shine in the marketplace, right? And then we as a ministry, as the body of Christ, as a church, we're called to bless the future. I think so much about my four-year-old granddaughter. 
I think about what her future will be like. I just came back from a trip in uh, Florida with her and I look at the generation to come and saying, what am I doing in my life? What giftings do I have that can make life easier for her? That can make her know the God that I know. I don't want it said like was said in the Old Testament. Then a generation arose that knew not God. And yet our nation is on that trajectory. And so I'm asking you, you all took your inventory test, hopefully, or you're in the process of learning what your gifts are. As you do that, begin to ask God, what do I have to give to my closest friends? What do I have to give to the community around me? And what can I leave as a legacy for the future? Who will you bless? Let's take a moment and, and pray, okay? Father God, thank you. Thank you. You have so generously and abundantly blessed us with gifts that we take for granted. Some because they don't have a title to them. They just are who we are. And even that is a gift because you've made us gifts. You fearfully and wonderfully made us. I pray, Lord God, that as we meditate on this word, that we will discover ways that we can bless our closest friends, our family, that we can bless our community and that we can bless those to come. Father God, we thank you that you are the power behind the gifts and we ask that your name alone get the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.